0: My Ready Football podcast, David Larson, alongside Stefan Hosen. What's going on, Stefan? What's good?
1: I'm good, man. It's been a, been a while. I've relocated to Canada for the, the winter. I'm freezing my ass off, but, you know, can't complain too much.
0: You can go, go, go get some donuts.
1: <laughs> I had some yesterday, to be honest.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice, man. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Stefan. Uh, next time we do it will be after Christmas. Took a week off. We're supposed to to record after the whole Champions League fiasco, but because of the draw and the delay, and then with you traveling, we couldn't get it done last week. So, but today, anything stands out to you? You read the Champions League draw.
1: Um. It kind of just reinforced the idea that the Champions League is boring. Am I the only one that's picking up on this? Wenger said it a couple of years ago, the Champions League, the entertainment factor, it's, it's been diluted. I, it seems the same way. I, I'm not really fussed either way. Both draws, whether they were scripted or not, they're just not filled with exciting games. I, I just don't see anything I'm really looking forward to.
0: Well, you have to look at it this way. The reason why it's because Barcelona is no longer Barcelona, right? So it takes away one team. Real Madrid, you know, they have a bunch of ancient stars. You look at you look at the Premier League team, everybody knows what they are and what they aren't. Manchester City has yes, they got to the finals last year, but we all expect them to really come apart when it matters. And then you look at Juventus, there's no real star names there anymore. Like back in the day with an AC Milan, etc. We know all of the players. We know everything. We know all of the flaws. So that's why it's boring. That's what I keep telling you. That's what I keep telling everybody. The reason why the Champions League, uh is so boring, is because we know everything about the um other opposition teams, whereas before we didn't.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. I, I do agree with that. I think the. <laughs> Sorry. The, ease that we, the, the ease that we can watch all of these teams, whether you're, you even support any league over another, has made it a bit diluted. But at the same time, even with the knowledge of these teams, I just th- find the teams to be boring. It's not like... It would be different if I knew all of these teams played good, attacking interesting football. But they don't. Like, Am I supposed to really get excited about Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United? What's the appeal there, really and truly? We know how both teams are going to play. Their traditional big teams, and it's going to be a boring game. Like the only interest, the only interesting game I think the draw threw up was Inter Milan versus Liverpool, and that's because Inter hasn't been here for a while.
0: Yeah, they always get knocked in round one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the reason why I don't find it interesting. It's like, "Whoa, who let you in? You win raffle." <laughs> yeah, you, you look at all of these teams, right? But when we used to watch these teams. I don't think it's so much that they were better. It's just that it was there was an intrigue about it. Liverpool versus Inter Milan, and then you look. Most of us believe that in, Liverpool are just so much better, so we don't get that excited about it. And note, each team now there's no differentiation, whereas before there used to be some form of differentiation where you know English teams used to be more, play more with width. And pace and all of that. Um, the Spanish team more technical. When well, you have just moving pieces, rotating pieces. Everybody kind of play the same. You know, you play you play against a team that is that you play away. You're gonna sit deep, hope counter attack, and repeat and repeat. So there's just much differentiation. That's why I find it boring.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. Um, Wenger was ahead of the curve when he said this. I think the european teams were ahead of the curve when they tried to start the european super league i don't know i don't know what we can really do to make football any more interesting than it is as you say we do live in an era where we know everything about these teams so maybe this is just the way that it has to go maybe i have to lower my expectations and just try and enjoy football for what it is now
0: well if they would just let me be the ruler the master of the universe i would be a great master i would still have a committee You could be on it as well. I'd give you a position. I would be the ruler, but I would make it interesting. And they finally decided to listen to one of my ideas. I've said before, they needed to make a competition. I was thinking Euros, but hey, they're going to make the the nation's league, European nation's league. They're going to add five South American teams, which I've been been saying for quite a while. It's what I said about the European championships. I said... I have going from 16 to 24 teams, no problem with it, right? My problem was the teams that they added. I was like, all right, have six, have 16 to 18 teams from Europe. The rest, invitation. You bring the best from South America, and then you can add on a Mexico or America or something like that, or Japan or whoever you want, or a team from Africa, whatever, African champions. I think that that would be more interesting because that brings intrigue. That's something that we have never, that we don't normally see. The Champions League, we see it every year. If you want to make the Champions League more interesting, the way to make the Champions League more interesting is simple. Each team can only have a certain number of non-foreign, non-foreign passport holders. So half of the team, uh, if you're Inter Milan, half of your team have to be Italian. You're Liverpool, half of your team have to be English. You have Real Madrid, half of your team have a bit Spanish, right? And then we, we bring back some form of identity to these teams. Teams that teams that have a, um, a type of style, a unique style. And then we're actually seeing the matchups between styles. And then you have the good foreign players complementing that style. That's what that's what you need. Uh, you know, but hey, they don't they don't listen to me. So that, that's, so they're gonna it's just gonna continue being a rotating piece of boringness you know and the good so, the good thing for football though is that as we get older there's younger people who are going to come in who never saw the football that we saw never will not remember the hype that I used to have here in that Champions League anthem on espN2 the one game a week looking forward to a game that's like yo this game will happen Real Madrid going play this year. what can not wait? No, it's like they will have that same um they will have that same feeling because ignorance is bliss. So they, they will never have to change it. But I'm glad that finally it's caught up with them that international football had to change. Um it took them talking about a two-year World Cup to do it. But hey, I, I was for a World Cup every three years, but this is a good idea. Um and hopefully it will lead to uh European championships that We'll have so, we'll have the best best of the rest.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're definitely gonna be seeing a, a couple of ideas thrown out over the next couple of years. Whichever one sticks and makes football better, I'm all here for. I'm open to anything. I mean, people are afraid of change, but I th- I think we should embrace it, especially in the football world, because we're we're lacking some entertainment.
0: You look at the nation's league though, Stefan, you look at the the fact that they're Not Nations League, sorry. You know, they're trying to have a European League, European Super League, and that sort of thing. And I know the Champions League wants to revamp, but it looks like they're going to revamp in a way that's quite annoying. I don't want to get into that. What would you think of an idea of them basically just making the Champions League just a league format?
1: Uh, I I, I do think there's some charm to the idea of knockouts. Yes. so,
0: excitement
1: to the knockouts, yes. Yes, I, I don't necessarily think I'd want to see a full uh, league format, but something needs to change. I, I think there should be some exploration of eliminating the seeding process. Um, one thing I've always loved the idea of or wanted to see in the Champions League is after those first group stages, that first round, you're not allowed to draw teams from your own country. And I've always hated that. I think the seeds should be eliminated. I think it should be a free-for-all after the group stage. And people just get who they get and just throw out some interesting games. Maybe we'll end up with a situation where Salzburg gets into the final one year. Who cares? I just want to see an elimination of the protection of the elite and a, a, real, and a real go at it.
0: I don't want that at all. I want an elimination of the non-elites. I want those teams to to not be involved because those
1: teams. Yeah, but here you see the thing. The thing with that idea, and I think that's what's happened over the last decade or so. It, it the Champions League is built for the non. It is built to eliminate the non elites, and I think because of that, we've actually seen a separation where these teams, for the most part, you know you know who's going to challenge for all of the the European leagues every year because they're getting the money, whether it be the EPL money or. The elites get the Champions League money because they're always there and they can then run their leagues. I think there needs to be some kind of way where the non-elites benefit in the long run as well.
0: Yeah, they are benefiting. They're they're, a lot, they're, they're, they're not. not a they're not
1: benefiting, to the at all. No, they're yeah. not benefiting the party. No, they're
0: not benefiting the party. They they got a lottery yeah. ticket. Yeah, don't mean, don't mean that. Like I don't want to see Salzburg or those little crap teams. Making into the finals because they got an easy run. I want to see the best play, the best. I want to see the best teams play. I don't, I don't want, I don't care about the crap teams. I don't care about the little teams. I yeah, want to but... see the best teams play. Like if right now you're to tell me what's the semifinals that I want to see in the Champions League, there is no small team that I would want to ever see making. I would want to see PSG, Manchester City, Liverpool, Real Madrid.
1: You know, I, and I hear your reasoning behind that, but you see, if you ask me that same question, I, I don't think I would come up with any team outside of Manchester City and Liverpool because Real Madrid bore me, PSG bore me. So I, I don't want to see them in the Champions League semifinals. But at the same time, I can't think of other teams that i don't want to see there because the, the, the quality just isn't really there.
0: With the exception of Athletic Madrid, that's a big flaw. If you told me the Champions League was the Villarreals, the Benfica's, the Ajax's, I would be quite annoyed at that. So I wouldn't watch a single game. I wouldn't care. right? Unless no, no. you told me that those teams beat the big teams. And then I'd be like, whoa, maybe these teams have some real talent. But if it was a situation in where the big teams just knocked each other out, and that is why you got this. You got that sort of artificial standing. I'm not for artificial standing. I'm for the best rising.
1: No, and I agree. I don't necessarily, I'm not saying that the, these current iterations of Ajax should be the semifinals of the Champions League. I want to see a situation where an IX can realistically have the talent required to get to the Champions League um, semifinals. I want to see a situation where it's not just Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid in Spain, or it's not just the big three in England, or just PSG. Like I want to see teams have a realistic chance of organic growth Like We saw it a couple of years ago where Dortmund, out of nowhere, they did the right things and they became a genuine contender for one of the best clubs in Europe. But it didn't last because financially they just couldn't keep up and now they are where they are.
0: Yeah, but that that Dortmund team was so good. It wasn't artificial though. They got a little lucky in the game against... Who... It
1: wasn't, no, it wasn't artificial at all. That was natural, organic growth that was built on their successes on and off the field. Yeah, I agree could...
0: with you on that. I, I forgot who they got lucky I forgot who they got lucky against where they scored the late two goals. Isco was on the
1: team, I think. Malaga. He... It was Malaga. Malaga.
0: It was Malaga, yeah, who had a little bit of money. They beat them there. But they were able to beat Real Madrid in the semifinals and they also were better than Real Madrid in the group stages and got them to win the group. Um, we were unlucky in the finals where Goto, who, you know, got injured and was moving to Bayern Munich just before and they didn't have the depth. That, that to me is different. Like if one of these teams, like we saw with Ajax, where Ajax made it to a semifinals and, and people were going crazy over them and there was a nostalgic fa- factor about, oh, Ajax is in the semifinals. Is this another golden generation? Of course, I saw right through that. I knew that was fraudulent. Um, So, I mean, that didn't last because that was a fraudulent rise. They were able to beat an overrated Juventus team, and they lost a terrible Tottenham team who was missing its best player. So, like, but let us just say that happened again this year. Ajax was to go to the go to the semifinals or go to the finals if they went there and it was a situation where they beat a real madrid they beat a, they beat uh a, a liverpool i'd be like yo go go get yours we have a situation where they beat benfica then they beat Villarreal, real and then they beat like um i don't know atletico madrid i'd be like i don't want, i don't want to see that Steph, I lost you for a bit Internet chipped yeah. out. You hearing me?
1: Yeah, I'm hearing you now.
0: Yeah, I don't know where it got chipped out at. What was the last thing you heard? We're still recording.
1: <laughs> um, we were talking about the organic destruction of the Ajaxes.
0: Yeah, like or, like Ajax, as I said, if Ajax is going to the Champions League final, I want to see that they have beaten some top teams. I don't want to see it a situation where they beat the lesser teams to get there. That's why I'm not, that's why I am for seeding. It's the same with the the World Cup. I don't understand. UEFA has seedings for everything, but somehow they don't have seedings, which is now the reason why I'm going to likely get Italy and Portugal, two of the best 10 teams in the world. One of them is not going to go to the World Cup because they decided to not seed it. That, that, that to me is ridiculous. That,
1: that to me is lovely. I, I love the prospect of that. But I, don't, I, get... I
0: don't watch the World Cup to see um, crap teams. I do agree, like, hey, Portugal had their chance. They, they, they should have won the group. Same with Italy. They should have won their group. However, um, they are still good teams. They've, they've gathered enough FIFA points. And if you're going to have a FIFA rankings, why have a FIFA rankings, use it for a, a seeding process, and then throw it out at that moment? So this might as well just not have a seed in the processes for anything then and not use the fee for rankings at all.
1: Yeah, I agree. Get rid of them. Get rid of the rankings 100%. As you just said that you don't want to work up to see crap teams. In all honesty, uh, I consider Italy and Portugal to be crap teams. So no all way! Them,
0: Italy all just won the European Championship. They
1: they, they played. They put my. They were. And they were incredibly boring. <laughs> Again, I, I'm watching football for my personal entertainment. We all watch football for our own reasons. I'm doing it for my entertainment and what I f- find interesting. I I will not miss Italy if they're not at the World Cup. I Italy, saw them at the in Europe.
0: that European Championship when they were playing against England. It looked like they were playing a different
1: sport. No, no, you're going. You're just. Overly critical of England as England
0: usually. could not get a shot off after they scored a goal until some the game looked completely big. It was like England were were, were, were drowning out there. The level sure. of the that was on display by Italy was yeah, so you just couldn't imagine. Declan Rice, a, for example, a player who we, we, we we're hyping up in, in England and I and I'm giving him his props, right? He played, I will continue to say this, I'm sure I've said it before. He maxed out versus Italy, he was dribbling, he was doing everything, and he just looked second class versus Italy. Uh, I, I, I have to give Italy the credit, they the with it, the Spain game, yes, they got very lucky. Spain was better than them, and Spain deserved to, to beat them, right? And Spain ended up getting some bit of revenge in the Nations League semifinals, but they were, re- they, I thought they were really good. Um, European championships. You look at, you look at some of the players that Portugal have, right? When you watch yeah. the, they play, they, they have a level of skill that, that I want to see that. I want to see a Portugal versus um, an America or a Portugal versus Mexico. I don't care about Serbia versus Mexico as much.
1: I I care about Portugal as much as I care about Serbia, in all honesty. Uh, Portugal is a team that I hyped up going back ahead of the 2016 tournament. I said this generation of Portugal's team was finally going to be good enough to give Ronaldo a title. I had predicted 2018. They actually surpassed that and got 2016. But since then they've been one of the most boring teams to watch in international football but they, so were, I have... they
0: were terribly boring in 2016 when they
1: i'm not disagreeing with you they they bored themselves to a title in 2016. i thought they would develop they haven't they probably regressed they're a boring team i won't miss portugal if they're not at the tournament at all not I in thought
0: played, i thought in the world cup they played well with the exception of the game against uruguay and Uruguay at that moment in time was in a spell of just being able to kill kill teams, right? Just seemed to grind out results. Uh, I felt that the last European championships, they played well. Uh, they were unfortunate to, to lose to Belgium. Belgium got the breaks. I didn't think like Belgium was way better than granted Belgium had injuries. But yeah, you can't tell me, Stefan, if I tell you that it's going to be Portugal, um, versus some team, I don't know, pick a team that's not going to be more interesting than that team against Serbia
1: it's not it's not going to be more interesting They're at crazy. all
0: They're absolutely crazy I,
1: What I, I want to see Ronaldo stand up on the half line for no, but they, uh, have, line. they have
0: Bernardo Silva a player that you, that you said
1: yeah and he's been wasted for Portugal for several can- seasons Portugal is going to go into the World Cup and play the exact same terrible football that they've been playing for the last three years. Nothing's going to change.
0: Port- Portugal, they, they, I would say that they've had trouble with Bruno. Bruno did look out of place with Ronaldo. But he's still a talented player. And with and talent class is permanent. He has a chance to turn it around for them. Cancelo is a talented player. They have football players. They have natural natural skills that, that will bring... That would bring a game to life. I
1: just never No no game for Portugal has ever been brought to life by any of these players. And it's not going to change. International football, we've said so many times, it's so fragmented. It's so disjointed. Yeah, it about-
0: can lead to po- great positive games like the game France versus Portugal. Um, the game I get France, Portugal versus Germany at the Europe. Spain versus Portugal at the World Cup. Those are exciting games.
1: I can't remember the first two games that you mentioned I, you even though you're just,
0: European champion, it was just I've, the I've
1: already I've already forgotten those games like Portugal Portugal played France at the World Cup at the Duras
0: yeah Portugal it was a group of death it was Portugal Germany and Portugal Germany and France
1: yeah I don't remember that but you know why because all of those games were boring
0: no because you just
1: hate it <laughs> all of those games are boring there's honestly for me as I said, I'm not going to miss either team if they don't make it to the World Cup. It's not going to change my viewing experience in the slightest because they're not, they're not teams I enjoy watching.
0: I do, Yeah, you know, Portugal did, did this to themselves. They drew against Ireland. They lost against Serbia. Like, you just can't do that. And, you know, I'm here yeah. knocking Serbia. Some of be like, but hold on, boss, Serbia knocked out Portugal. And I'll be like, yeah, yes, I know I, and that. I'm not,
1: yeah, and I'm not saying that Serbia is going to be entertaining. I'm going to be happy to watch Serbia. I'm not. I'm just saying, it makes no difference if it was Serbia or Portugal, really and truly.
0: I, I, I but fast to what we are thinking about to make the, for, for sports to be entertaining, people want to see the players and the teams that they know, and and for me to do that, I believe that they need to push the best teams, not the north, not the North Macedonians, who Italy's going it. to face. For example, the Northern Ireland. Like again, again, you know, you have to blame Italy. You know, Italy were unable to to beat Switzerland again. Okay. You just have to be able to beat that. They couldn't get this. They couldn't get a goal against Northern Ireland, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. oh, how, why them couldn't just not get a goal against England? Like why them <laughs> they have to find that blood clot goal? Why them couldn't? Why couldn't they just not find that fucking goal? Why they have to find that goal? Jesus, please, man. You know, but, but that's how it is. That's how it is, you know. With football, it is. Uh, moving on, you know, over the weekend, in some interesting games, you know, with COVID and stuff. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't postpone the season, but we've seen some postponements. However, there was a in- good game over the weekend, Spurs versus Liverpool. Two contrasting styles made it interesting. Conte with his defensive style, kick it up, kick it long, kick it hard. Kane scoring a big goal in a big game. It's been a been a moment. Allison making a great save, only to do rubbish. Um, Delhi Alish finding some form. Endon Bailey getting assists, assist, but was absolutely atrocious after that. Uh, my my favorite player, Trent Alexander-Beckham, Ballin. <laughs> does <laughs> ball it I'm telling you that's going to catch on either, Stefan. you're going to soon hear people say Trent is Beckham you know you're going to hear it I remember who said it first Trent is Beckham I will, I will. oh man but the game was unfortunate it was you know like with many things in life we're not allowed to have good things Kane should have seen red didn't see red Robertson should have seen red see, did see red um, so Liverpool is screaming some injustice What I would say to Liverpool fans is were you screaming the same injustice when James Milner should have been sent off against City in a game that you're completely and utterly boss for the first half and you benefited from a call that, that, that you shouldn't have even gained one point on. You should have lost. City should have even had a bigger lead than you. However, so these things happen over the course of the season and the end of Mohamed Salah's streak. This is
1: the first game, I think, all season where he hasn't had a goal or assist. Yeah, for sure. Um, It was an interesting game, for sure. Definitely hit on all of the right beats there. Kane should have gotten a red card. I did find it funny that he had the gall to go on TV and say that he thought he won the ball. Uh, That just shows you that footballers really are in a a, a world of their own if he really thought he won that ball. Because all he got was ankle. But anyway, that was a good game. One of the better big EPL games we've seen in a while. Uh, two contrasting styles made it interesting. Um, yeah, I think the result at the end of the day was probably a fair result, a draw. But uh, yeah, because
0: Spurs did get some chances.
1: Yeah, Spurs uh, did did play, did play particularly well. Um, Adele Ali surprised me. Uh, I I still don't think he has much of a future at Spurs. I think they should get rid of him. But uh, it's probably his best game in the last what three seasons maybe. Um, got some chances. I thought that save that Allison made off of him was absolutely spectacular. But then, as you said, Allison Alison did shit the bed in the end and gave up the goal that, that ultimately led to the draw.
0: Yeah. Today. Chelsea drawing again. They uh, haven't won in the last five games. That's two draws last week. The man, the last win was against Leeds 3-2, a game that they were very lucky to win. Before that, that lost against West Ham 3-2. The game before that, against Watford, right? And when I say five games, I've won. It's in all competitions. Watford, they, another game they got extremely lucky in. and Manchester United, a game that they should have won, made a mistake and draw. So I think, I think with Chelsea, they will say that they've had injuries and stuff, which is right. Chelsea have death, but every team has injuries. You know, yeah. every team has injuries. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to make too much of a judgment yet on Chelsea until I see Lukaku fully back, fully match fit. Um, so and that until then, Conte came back, and he was supposed to be the answers to their, to their woes. Unfortunately, again, he was not. Um, but so when I see Lukaku back, and they have their full team, we can make a bit of bit more of a judgment. Um, they have enough talent to go on a run, but I just don't feel like they have enough talent and versatility of system to to beat up Manchester City for the title.
1: Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, Man City are starting to. I mean, I've said it for all season. Man City are the best team in the EPL. Like it, it's very much clear. Despite the fact that Liverpool and Chelsea are still close to them, I don't think anyone really has the the squad capable of lasting the season unless something drastically changes over the course of the season. Man City, they just look fantastic. They look a class, a cut, and a class above everybody. Uh, I did say a couple of weeks ago that I saw the wheel starting to come off at Chelsea. I'm not really surprised by their results over the last couple of weeks as you said um, they've been unlucky they've been they've been lucky to actually even get points when they should have lost points completely but it's what it is. EPL finally come into that dis- decisive start of the t- type of the season the november december period where the games start coming thick and fast the injuries start mattering and we're going to see people separate from each other
0: well, yeah, it's interesting with Chelsea, because like against Everton, a game in which they really should have won and were completely dominant, they drew. But then there was other games in which they got the results that they shouldn't have. So it matches up. You are you are what the table says you are. And speaking yeah. of you are what the table says you are, Arsenal is fourth.
1: So you just contradicted yourself because the, you are not what the table says you are. Arsenal are not the fourth best team in the EPL. <laughs> I'm just- Boy, but, uh, they might be,
0: you... because other than which other team is better than them? United.
1: Uh, United uh, have been I...
0: better than Arsenal this season. You had to beat yeah. them in a game at United, close game. That game could have gone either way. I can't honestly say that if they played, if Arsenal and Manchester United played over two legs, I, I, I believe Manchester United would be favourites. But yeah, I, no, I, don't I mean necessarily
1: better than Arsenal. I, we, we said this from the start of the season. I think Arsenal is probably the sixth best team in the EPL, if everything goes right for all of the teams. Um, do they have the capability of coming top four? I, I definitely thought they have the ability to sneak it, and right now they're currently sneaking it. Um, they're doing well right now. This, the one thing about Arsenal, they have a very settled team at the moment. I think mid is essentially naming the same back line every game, um, Partey and Jack are now back again, so they're firmly established. And they seem to be slowly figuring out the, attack, the attacking um, unit. They don't have who in the team right now, and that is the biggest blessing in disguise for them because he has been absolutely atrocious since, he's, since before he signed the contract. I hate that people keep saying that since he signed the contract, his goals have dried up, when it was clearly evident that before he signed the contract, the goals were drying up as well. Yeah,
0: me that, the, but he had that good run in the FA Cup.
1: That they yeah, won. He he scored two goals in the semi final and the final each. So, four goals in two games. And everyone completely forgot he must have scored like two goals in 18 games in the Premier League or some shit like that. He's been the, the writing has been on the wall for him. But no, we have to give credit to Arsenal right now. They're capitalizing at the right moment. Their young core attacking talent seem to be gelling a little bit better. Martinelli's coming, he's doing well. Emile Smith Rowe. Um, looking very good, Saka. We saw him from last year. We know he's capable of it. So yeah, he's looking good for Arsenal right now.
0: I said I've always said, with managers don't make decisions right that people can look at you weird, like playing right backs in the midfield, playing left backs, centre backs. You know, like trying to be, try to be clever. Pep does this a lot, but Pep is able to get away with it because he has fantastic players. And he does have a fantastic football in mind. Okay. Arteta, as he said, does have a settled team. We have Partey, we have Xhaka. Jacka is a defensive midfield. Partey is going to run up and down. Both of them have limitations, but both of them are better than most of the players that they are going up against in the EPL. We have Saka on the right-hand side, Martinelli on the left-hand side. He can come in. Sometimes we'll switch in old, old guard and um, Smith-Rowe, right? And you're going to have White at the back. And Ramsdale is hopefully not going to make any mistakes. Everything is settled. We're not going to break our lines. And we're going to try and not be completely out possessed against lesser teams because we have better players. And against lesser teams, we're just going to sit back and hope for the best. We won't beat the lesser, we won't beat the bigger teams, but we're going to we're going to beat the smaller teams. And yeah, and, that on track and hey, keep the keep it going.
1: Yeah, if they if the match keep going, um, their, their fixture is coming up. I, I don't believe it's too hectic. So if they can survive this period and go into January top four, uh, they they'll be looking good for the year.
0: Yeah, they have to cope then cope, soccer and then continue to put up some numbers. You look at the next few games. They they play against EPL. They play against Norwich. Like, that's yeah. a game that Arsenal, as much as we knock players, as much as you and I knock Partey and as much as Arsenal players knock Jocko, both of them are way better than all of the Norwich players combined. Like that's a game <laughs> that they should easily win, man. Like, you know, and, and that's what I think. Like Arteta seems to have figured out oh, we're gonna pick a stable team, we're gonna pick our best players, put them in the right positions. We're not gonna mm-hmm. take unnecessary risks. We have enough talent. To be the, the leads and Norwiches of the world. West Ham, yeah. good team. We're at home. We're still better than them. We're gonna win. Right? Just don't make any mistakes at the back. Keep a make some save. We're good.
1: Right? Yeah. Nor- Norwich away on Wolves at home is how they end the year. If they if they get six points from that, they start the year with uh Man City on January first. So, yeah, that-
0: those are those are the games that anything you get from those games.
1: Yeah. You just call
0: that you just call that ice cream after yeah. dinner, you know. Those no, that's not that's not what's going to fill you up, right? Yeah, that's no, that's not the
1: deciding factor. If you
0: get a draw, you manage to roll and get a draw. Oh, ice cream after dinner with chocolate sauce. Ah, oh, nice <laughs> Oreos, Dumb stuff, Oreos. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like you don't like if you're an Arsenal fan, don't look in that, you don't even look at those points. Don't look at that as points. You look at those as zeros. Yeah, but, for I, sure. but what I do like about Arteta and what he's doing, and the reason why I'm happy for him is because he he's really he was really being dissed a lot by people. He won an FA Cup. He took over a team that wasn't very good. Um, and he stabilized them. No, and I believe he should get some credit. Um, and I'm happy for
1: him. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying since he took over that take he took over that I think Arsenal are very well coached. I think he's coached his team and gotten them into like there's there's certain patterns in play that you can see what he's doing on the training pitch in their attacking phase from the playing out of the back. I think organizationally, defensively, they've improved a lot. Set pieces, both offensively and defensively, they've improved a lot. Um, numbers support all of these things. So I think Arsenal are very well coached. What they do lack, I believe, is quality and consistency. Um, Their big players, for the most part, have let them down. And that's that did directly um, translate to results on the field. But outside of that, I think the foundations are there. I think there's a lot to like about Arsenal right now if you're an Arsenal fan. And I think the manager is one of them.
0: Like what I, what I remember at the start of the season, we had that rough start, and we were talking about would it be over, and I said it's really up to the Tottenham game. They have to get the results against the Tottenham game. And what I saw in that Tottenham game, I would have seen since then, he's going to play, he has his team set in a certain way, and he's trained them. He's basically developing his team To get the points against the Norwiches, the Southampton's, the West Ham's teams that they're better than, right? And when when they play that way against the Liverpool's and Manchester Cities, they're going to lose. They're going to lose, right? However, because they're so because they will continue to play the way how they're playing, right? With their wide players wide, they will take risks coming off of the wings. At times, they'll do it against every team, right? They will get results and they'll have the confidence to play against the lesser teams and get the three points.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think and I actually respect and rate that about them that they're still going with the same system, even against these bigger teams, because that's how you build. There's no point in going into those bigger games and saying, we're going to change up everything and go defensive and still lose. Go out there, play your football. That's how you build the patterns. That's how you build the trust and the consistency. And yeah, you might be battered against Man City, but in the long run, it's going to benefit you moving forward. And you're going to be able to beat the smaller teams and beat the teams that you should be beating. So yeah, as I said earlier, I think there's a lot to like about Arsenal right now. And if you're an Arsenal fan, you should be happy with, the, with how the season's progressed. Yes. Um.
0: Anything else you want to talk about, Stefan, Before we goal?
1: Ah, not much, man. I, I'm I'm fairly good right now. As I said, I'm in Canada, so I'm on vacation, about to go out into the snow and explore, reconnect with my Toronto FC roots, and, and have have some fun.
0: Nice, nice, nice. All right, am good catching up with you. Catch up with you after Christmas. Peace.